Hi there. This is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. Now, if there is a small group of growing children in your lives, or if you recall the time when you were a part of that small group of children, then you know exactly what I'm referring to when I talk about hand-me-downs. And while you're probably thinking, as I'm speaking here, about old clothing, the fact is there are many different kinds of hand-me-downs, some that are very good and some that are pretty bad. So let's talk about that in today's message, which is based on Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, and is entitled, Hand-Me-Downs. For many years, when our three children were very young, there was a corner of our attic dedicated to a sizable collection of what might best be referred to as previously worn clothing. Specifically, all those baby and toddler clothes that we'd accumulated over the years, things that had been outgrown by one child, but still had enough wear and tear in them for the next one to come along. And trust me, it was all there. I know because most often I was the one who was hauling things up and down the attic stairs. They had been boxed and bagged and meticulously categorized by size, season, and circumstance. From the, the onesies and twosies that we put on them as infants to the oshkosh bagosh blue jeans that had worn like iron through many a busy backyard day. Moreover, there were all these cute little outfits that had been purchased for special occasions and family gatherings, and, and not to mention that special selection of handmade gifts of love. You know, like, uh, for instance, I always remember the sweater that Jake used to wear that had the head and tail of a dinosaur knit into the arms. All treasures that had been much appreciated, well-worn, and then packed away for a while in the fervent hope that they would get handed down to the next kid to come along. And for the most part, they did too. Except, of course, when we discovered that Jake's hand-me-downs weren't really going to be suitable for Sarah, and the little frilly dresses that made up the bulk of Sarah's wardrobe in those days certainly was not going to be appreciated by Zach. So not everything we saved got used again. But over the years, between lots of cousins, friends, and neighbors with young children, most everything in that collection got passed around to the point where aside from a box or two of, of special clothes that have sort of become heirlooms, there's really nothing left now. And of course, they're all grown up. And that was meant to be. Because we also discovered along the way that each of our kids found their own unique fashion sense. And over time, we discovered that while mom and dad had a little, precious little, truthfully, influence on what they chose to wear, for the most part, they were fairly reasonable about these things, all three of our kids. And also, we learned to keep an open mind, trust their choices, and yeah, to pick our battles. But you know what? I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and, and of course, we're few years down the road now, and I know, as I'm remembering it, we can take pride that with love and care, 
we handed down everything we could. And if you're thinking right now that I'm talking about much more than Oshkosh Bagosh, you are right. You see, the fact is, raising children is really all about the hand-me-downs, isn't it? And not just as regards the boxes of old clothes, but also about the stuff of life and living and faith that we pass down to our children and our grandchildren by word and example. It's a whole lot of things, actually. It's, it's how they learn to tie their own shoes. It's about saying please and thank you. It's about covering one's mouth when one sneezes, you know, especially in these days. It's about the basic challenges of sharing, playing fair, growing up to be caring adults who are sensitive to the needs and the feelings of others. It's giving them the tools of a faithful life, the skills that will lead them in becoming the kind of people that God has created them and intends for them to be. It's an ongoing process, this handing down of stuff. It's handing down, truthfully, the same kind of clothing that hopefully we've been wearing in our lives. What Paul refers to in our scripture this morning as the clothing of compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. The ability to bear with one another and also to forgive one another. And to put on the virtues of love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And when you think about that, it really does lie at the heart of this particular day, does it not? Today, as you're hearing these words, it's, it's Mother's Day. Or for that matter, what is sometimes referred to in the church as the Festival of the Christian Home. It's a day of, of celebrating parenthood, a day to celebrate mothers, a day to celebrate the family. And... It really does have a great deal to do with the hand-me-downs of love and care that's passed down in and through the life of a family, right? And it seems to me that today is a very good time for us to be mindful of what kind of clothing we wear so that we hand down to our children, what we hand down to our children and our grandchildren and the little kids of our lives is what they should have to live and grow in God's sight. Understanding, of course, that this applies not only to our sons and daughters, not only our grandchildren, but also to the children of our church, the children of our community, and for that matter, the children of the world. Now, I know that this is a day that's filled up with flowers and cards and gifts, a celebration of all those women who have filled the role of a mother in our lives, and well, it should be. Celebrate those women well today, friends. But what I would also suggest to you, that today is a good time for a bit of serious reflection on our own discipleship regarding our children, regarding our families. Actually, you know, there is some historical precedence for this. 
Did you know that Mother's Day was originally conceived as a day of prayer? That's right. In the years just following the American Civil War, there was a woman from Virginia who was named Anna Reeves Jarvis. If memory serves, she had some small connection to New Hampshire, too. And this woman, Anna Jarvis, she was feeling a wash in grief. The grief that was experienced by mothers on both sides of that civil war, mothers who had lost their sons in battle. Anna Jarvis was so moved by this that she organized a special day in which prayers of peace could be prayed for all these mothers, all those sons, all those daughters as well, a day when those on either side of that divisive conflict could perhaps find some small comfort, some measure of healing amidst their grief. The idea, of course, took off. And by the early 1900s, a small movement became a national holiday to, quote, proclaim love and reverence to mothers everywhere, unquote. You know what happened, of course, as this Mother's Day became bigger and bigger, eventually becoming this holiday that we know today. The radical nature of it being a day of prayer kind of got lost in the process. Even so, even though it is very much a day of celebration and cards and gifts and such, still, today, it brings home the point that in this celebration of love, care, and family, there exists a challenge to you and to me as people of faith to offer up to those we love a true and living example of what it means to have faith in God and what it is to truly walk as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's important, friends. Because in truth, and I think you know this already, not all the hand-me-downs we pass down to our children are good ones. But in fact, end up being rife with the inconsistent messages of our own moral, ethical, and spiritual waffling. I mean, how can we ever hope for our children to live a life that is grounded in loving God and loving others when all too often we ourselves are unable and unwilling sometimes to live unto that example. Now, I know that sounds harsh, and I don't want to sound judgmental here, especially on Mother's Day, but we've all heard the studies. That abusive and violent behavior, that negative attitudes and racist, prejudicial behavior more often than not, come as a result of having received that kind of treatment in childhood. It's the result of having been given the message that not only is such behavior okay, but also indicative of one's childhood. I will never forget, uh, for as long as I live, really, how very early on in my ministry, uh, the little church that I was pastoring as a student had joined with another congregation to do a vacation Bible school for the kids of our two churches. And, you know, it was a very grassroots affair. We created everything from the ground up, and it was actually, as I think back on it now, fairly successful. But one morning in the midst of some outdoor games we had, there was some conflict or another that arose between a couple of the kids who were a part of the VBS. 
And I heard this angelic six-year-old girl, part of our church at the time. She, blonde hair, bright blue eyes, cute as a button, and she turned to this other child. I don't even know what happened. I think she might have got knocked down or something that happened in the game. But she turns to this other child and, well, I'm not going to repeat the slur, but just suffice to say that it was anti-Semitic and it was awful, hateful. And, and furthermore, I am absolutely positively sure that this little six-year-old girl had not an inkling about what she had just said. And neither did any of the other kids. Truth be told, we adults were far more upset about it than the kids were. And the kids, being kids, they went on about their business playing and nothing was ever said again. It was just this nasty curse she'd heard someplace. And so she repeated it. But you know she heard it somewhere. And the tragedy is more than likely she'd heard it at home. This is our legacy, friends. It's our legacy as parents, as grandparents, as adults, as Christians, that every word we say, each thing we do, every compromise we make against the integrity of our lives, there's somebody right there who is going to receive what we've handed down. The point is, is that whether we're parents or family members, whether we're neighbors and friends, or in fact, if we are fellow members of a church family and stewards of the gospel that Christ has handed down to us, we all have this awesome responsibility to clothe those who come after us with the garments of faith, to bestow true and lasting tenets for living so that those who receive them might grow with God and even go with God where God would lead them. The question is, it always is, are we setting the right example? Are we setting the right example in the ways that we worship and witness and work? Are we giving our children a sense of their infinite value as children of God? Can it be said that our faithfulness instills in these kids a loyalty and commitment to the word of God and the teachings of Jesus Christ? Is it made real for them in the strength of our moral and ethical stances, as well as in the evidence of our sense of mercy and true compassion? Will our lives serve to inspire these children to be more than merely hearers of the word, but doers? Will God in Christ be for them a real and vital presence in times of joy and in struggle? And did it happen, at least in part, because of what they saw in us? These are the hand-me-downs that really matter, friends. And these are the things that you and I can give. It's true sometimes that what we have to give them often comes off a bit well-worn, perhaps somewhat tattered and torn for all the difficulties and the hard lessons we've learned along the way. But then perhaps it's the wear and tear that makes the gift all the more special. How often have I talked to, to parents and grandparents over the years when what they 
wish most to share with those children in their lives is not so much how they succeeded in life, but how they failed and in the mistakes they made so that they wouldn't do the same things that they had done. In the end, you see, what we have to give is strong and it's lasting because it's been woven together by God with a strong thread of love. And it is a love, as Paul says, that binds everything together in perfect harmony. Seems to me that today is a perfect day to renew ourselves in this mission to love one another as we have been loved, that wonderful commandment that we looked at last Sunday. And to furthermore, let it be in our lives after the manner that Paul says to the, to the Colossians, to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, as we teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in our hearts, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And wherever we happen to be when it happens, maybe at the breakfast table, maybe at the supermarket, on the Little League field, or just out amidst all the daily bits of stuff that's got to get done, Whatever we do, whether in word and deed, doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. For what comes of this are hand-me-downs. Hand-me-downs that will sustain our children, grow our families, and will sustain us forever. Happy Mother's Day, all of my dear friends watching today. And may our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled Hand Me Downs. It was recorded as part of our May the 9th online service of worship for Mother's Day at East Congregational Church where, by the way, you are always invited to join us live. It happens each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock via Facebook Live on our East Congregational Facebook page. We'd love it if you could be a part of our worship. And with that, we do come to the close of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, happy Mother's Day, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.